We are officially live. So welcome back, everybody, to the Clay and Company podcast. This is, I believe, episode eight. And Jackson, we have not had you on yet. So guys, Jackson is uh, one of my very close friends and a former walk-on with me at Ohio State. I would say, honestly, though, your claim to fame is um, you had the strongest bench press in high school. So that's your that's your number one claim to fame. Everything else beyond that, nothing too crazy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Jackson, introduce yourself. What I guess before we kind of dive into the conversation, just give them a little background on what you uh, what you did in college, and then as you know, what you're kind of getting into now. Yeah. Um, so just want to say thanks to Clay for having me on. Um, I'm honored to be on the on the show. Okay. And uh, but so my background, me and Clay uh, went to high school together for two years. Um, I transferred in my sophomore year of high school to Dublin Kaufman, where Clay went as well. Rocks, baby. And, yeah, go rocks. And uh, so then after that, I, you know, I was decent in high school. Um, Ended up going to a small Division One college after some injuries and stuff. Ended up transferring to Ohio State. Long story short, walked on at Ohio State the same time Clay did. Um, honestly, just kind of a crazy story. Well, maybe we'll get into that later. But yeah. ended up being on this team at the same time. Um, after that, graduated, did the strength and condition, uh, conditioning internship with Ohio State for a year long. Uh, learned a lot during that. And then now I'm doing – uh strength and conditioning on the private sector so i do like personal training for athletes and general population so hell yeah nice okay cool so yeah i i feel like well i mean i've had you on on my channel before talking about yeah, walk-on stuff and yeah yeah so a lot of my audience too like especially right now is um you know younger athletes that are looking to walk on i feel like the best the best things that we could talk about is our own journey and like just kind of how crazy like our paths intertwining were. And then basically giving just kind of like going through and talking about, um, you know, what we did and what helped us the most along the way, kind of our mindset and that type of stuff. So to, to dive into that, I feel like, I mean, we could take this so many different, we have so many different topics we could literally talk about just cause we're obviously super close friends, but I would, I want to I want to take us back to the the high school days for a minute because I I feel like there's a lot of people out there that are like, I mean from from your perspective, we're, what were you thinking? Like, I mean, our team in high school was pretty shitty. Like in terms of uh, you know our our potential. Like when we were going into our senior year, it was like me and you and Dalton and a couple other people that were like the only like Stein. Like there was only a handful of us seniors that were even going to be quote unquote, starting uh, for our team. So a bunch of like the juniors were going to be starting our team because our class was propped up in position to be quite literally one of the worst classes in, in history uh, of football at the time. I'll, uh, I'll take it back even, even further than that. So when I was at Westerville South, we played oh. guys freshman year. So freshman <laughs> year we played, I was at a different school. I, we played the high school that we ended yeah. up going to. So this was, this was our class, right, that I'm playing. Yeah, you we, played against me when yeah, we were played freshmen. Against him, like freshman year, so this was our class. We ended up beating them 68 to 8. So that's <laughs> how bad our class was. Well, wait. No, no, no. Let me preface even one, one thing crazier. As a freshman, I was so small, and the coaches, like, 
like they were like, oh, you know, he's a good athlete, but he's too small. Like, you know, they played everybody else ahead of me. I got put on the B team of a fresh, like I, they had me play. There was one game where they're like, yeah, we're going to do an A team and a B team where they, they literally just for one random game, were like, all right, we're going to have a B team. They put me on the B team and put me in a game on the B team. And I was like, oh my God. Like I was at that point, I didn't even know who you guys, who anybody was. Yeah. But, um, the, it was just nuts that, we ended up beating you guys 68 to eight. And then I ended up being on, on, a, a on our team, right. literally. Well, so, so when you transferred in initially, like we're, we're back in high school and I remember like anytime there's a new kid that comes in, everyone's like, Oh my God, this person's going to be like the best person ever to play football. Like anytime there's so, uh, and we had that so many different times, like where, where people would come in and they would just be like terrible, like not good at all. And like the hype was just not lived up to. But for your case scenario, you actually came in and you were like instantly, I think it was, you came junior year and you were instantly playing with varsity. So you're, you actually lived up, I would say to the hype of like the new kid status. I appreciate that. (laughs) Well, so, so when you came in though, like, were you, I mean, cause like even that first year, I, I feel like, I mean, me and you didn't really know each other that well. I would say it was, it was more like you were almost hanging out with like the older class at that period of time. When was that? When did it switch in your head where you were like, because that class above us was really good. So when did it switch for you? were like, oh, shit, like I'm at this new school. This team's really good. And then you realized, oh, my God, my grade is like really shit. I don't know if there was like a point in time. It was kind of just like we were on a super good team and I was starting, which was awesome. We were like number one in the state. Yeah. uh, you know, we had a lot of D1 guys, so it was good having, like, the college exposure because they were recruiting all these guys ahead of me, and then I would get to talk to the coaches and stuff, which was nice. And then all those dudes graduated, and that's who I had kind of been hanging out with. And then, you know, the guys coming up, it was like we literally lost, I don't know, we took 22 starters on the field. I think we lost, like, 20. Every, me yeah, every single one of them. <laughs> so it was just kind of like, all right, well, this might be a rebuilding year. And then uh, we can get into it later, but I got hurt and we lost our first game. And then it was just kind of like, well, no, 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 no. We won our first game. It was Jerome. We lost our second game. Yeah. yeah. Well, we should in the history of football at in Dublin, we should have smacked Jerome. And it was, we won on a last second field goal block. Yes, we blocked a field goal, which was epic, actually. I mean, some of it, dudes, our games were epic, though. I don't, get, I don't care, like, what people say. Like, those were some, like, dogfight games. Like, yeah. those were fun. Um, but nonetheless, so our year, like, coming into that senior year, that was finally the year, like, junior year going into, like, basically junior year for me was finally the year in my life where, like, I actually was able to put on muscle. Like, I was actually training hard. Because, I, like, I basically hit the point where I realized I was, like, okay, I'm putting in all this time and this work, but I'm not really trying that hard. So I'm, I'm doing all this exertion and work for no reason. I was like, I might as well just like actually try hard and like get a good result out of it. Cause I'm here for eight hours a day anyway. I'm here for 10 hours a day. I might as well just do the work and actually get better. Um, so, so at that point, like I finally started putting on size and I was like, all right, if I don't play my senior year, I'm going to be so pissed. So I like, <laughs> I like finally started to try really hard and I knew I wasn't going to be able to play at receiver at the time. Cause we had like just all those different people ahead of me. 
And, uh, and like the coaches like really wanted to play them and stuff. And I was like, shoot, I'm probably not gonna have a chance to like start there or get a lot of playing time. So I switched over to corner and then started, I, do you remember, I started like getting a bunch of interceptions in yeah, practice. I remember it was against Marysville. You had that one handed one on the sideline. Oh yeah. No, no, no. But in order to win the starting, in order to win the starting spot, like I wasn't starting right away when I switched to corner. In order to win the starting spot, I like over our camp period, probably when you were hurt, I yeah. was getting a bunch of interceptions and they were making me, they were like, oh, Clay used to play receiver. This is bullshit. He's cheating and he's looking at the play calls and then just standing right where they're going to throw the ball. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, how the hell would I be able to do that? So then they would make me turn around at practice. I would literally like fully have to turn around, look away from everybody. And then I would turn back around and then be able to play because they thought that I was reading the plays. I don't know if I remember all that, but and, yeah, well, so, I heard, so, well, yeah. So, and then that period of time, like finally after like a couple different like practice plays that I, you know, I I'd done really well in practice. They were like, all right, we, we better give them a shot. And then we scrimmaged Centerville, which was our first like scrimmage of the year. Um, and then like that kind of like, they were supposed to be, they just, waxed the floor with us they were like they're supposed to be like the best team in the state and we just happened to scrimmage them they were like the one I mean, seed we'll get we'll get into that later but that's who we came back and beat in the playoffs later so exactly yeah so so centerville waxed us and it was like it was like one of those things but the good news was i did well in the scrimmage so i like kind of cemented right before the season i was like all right at least i'll be like playing and starting because i did really well got an interception or something so they were like oh maybe he can actually play and they let me start, and then you were hurt um, the entire year, was it? It was like I, – I mean, I got hurt in the summer, so I tore my list, Frank tendon in my foot. I had a couple screws and a plate put in, and I wasn't supposed to come back at all, but the, the guy that we used as our surgeon, he is really progressive, and we did a lot of, like, progressive techniques as far as physical therapy and some stuff, and he knew that, like, this was it for me. Like, I had to play some or I wasn't going to be able to, like – get any looks for college and stuff like that so he allowed me to come back I came back like game five or six which yeah was surprising and I rotated in because like I was slower first of all I was slow just to begin with and then I having a plate and five screws in my foot I was slower than dirt so like I'd play first and second down until the help and run support because that was what I was good at and then they'd take me out and then because I couldn't I couldn't run in pass coverage so then you know, if I finally ended up getting like my starting spot back, um, really the last two games of the season into the playoffs, and then that's um, yeah, I finally came back. So yeah, so I mean, anyway, that season, like, this was the only year really that you and I, like, I would say, technically played together, which it ended up being like pretty epic because, like, again, we were supposed to be the the absolute worst team of all time, like in school history. We were like propped up because. I mean, basically our high school and you weren't, you didn't go to the middle schools that we went to because you were a transfer that came in. But the two middle schools that we went to that fed into this high school was Sells Middle School and Carr Middle School, both of which were competing like my year for uh, the absolute worst teams ever of football. Like our, our teams you in middle like school. Oh, and seven and you're like, <laughs> and one team was one and six and the, yes. the other person. So the, like our two middle schools that fed into our high school, literally this is, this is how bad both teams were. At Sells, which was our, like my rival middle school, they, uh, I don't think they ever, they may have won one game 
over two years. So they only won one game over seventh and eighth grade. And then my school, we only won two games over eight years, or I mean, two games over two years, excuse me. And our, like my eighth grade year, we were so bad that our coach quit on us and we never had practice. So our coach just quit and he left. And then so some other teacher came in and like subbed in as the coach a day before the season. We did, we played our first game without having practiced. Like we practiced like three or four times that week for the very first time ever. We went and played a game and we punted the ball on third down. We, we punted the ball on third down. Like, <laughs> it was like, like, not on fourth down when you normally punt the ball. We literally punted the ball on, on third down. Just, our offense is that bad. We're just going to get back to them. <laughs> yes, that's exactly – no, our – they thought – they were like, every time we punt the ball, they return it for a touchdown. We're, we're that bad that we need to sneak and punt the ball on third down. We called it the quick kick so that we could, we could trick the other team – punt the ball out of the blue and they wouldn't return it for a <laughs> so anyway this is the team that we formed uh to come up to that year so anyway they thought we were gonna be the worst team ever and then we ended up going out and we started off the season not so hot we ended up losing a few games kind of like i mean maybe two, we lost two games pretty quickly it was and, uh, and davidson right off the bat after jerome yeah, like our basically we lost – we won against one of our rivals and lost against our other two rivals. And then we just went on a tear and started, like, crushing teams. Not crushing them, but, like, you know, skating by. <laughs> um, and uh, But it was cool because it was, like – it felt like revenge. Like, we were, like, supposed to be the worst team. And, like, our even our coaches kind of gave up on us, wouldn't you say? Like, it was, like – Yeah, like, it was just, like, we were – I don't know. At one, I mean, we ended up 7-3 and three and we're the last seed in the playoffs. But – the, like we were, we were about to be the first team in Kaufman school history that didn't make the playoffs, but the, and we were supposed to have, like, we lost those three games immediately. So we had to win out seven straight games to be able to make the playoffs. Yep. And so we just went on a tear. We, we won seven straight games. We ended up beating some good teams too, and then made the playoffs. And then this is the coolest part. Like not that many teams, like, from from Kaufman go like there's a couple in history that have gone like deep into the playoffs but um the year before us the one that you were on was like one of the best teams in school history they lost first round playoffs yeah and so so our team we make it and they're like guess guess who we're playing Centerville which is the team that scrimmaged us that waxed us in the beginning number one seed in the playoffs because we were we were the last seed and they were number one yeah, and Jackson, let them know what happened that game. So we just came out and absolutely obliterated them. Like, right off the bat, just interception for a touchdown, first drive with the ball, touchdown, up 14-0 to zero in the first quarter. And then just from there, this, this team runs the triple option in like a, like a veer wing tee type of thing. And so when they're down, they don't know what to do because they run the ball. So they're down 14-0 to zero five minutes into the game. And they have no idea. They're trying to run the ball. You know, I'm, I'm finally back and, like, semi-healthy. And Eric Stein, he's another linebacker. So we have two big, good, like, Division One caliber linebackers. Eric went and played at OU. Not Oklahoma, but Ohio University. Um, and so, like, two Division One linebackers stuffing up the middle. And then they tried to pass. And 
they're just not a passing team. So it was just bad. I think we ended up beating them by like 30-something points. No, it was like 48-6 or like 48. Yeah, yeah. Like we yeah, just like we destroyed the number – yeah, like this was the number one seed. So anyway, we ended up beating them. We actually had a decent game uh, or, we, you know, somewhat decent the next – week so we ended up going pretty deep in the playoffs but that was our senior year and then Jackson what did you do after uh after high school like you I know you went and I mean you could tell them like yeah injuries. so I like I said I was hurt so I have I was getting looked at by like smaller big 10 schools like Illinois Purdue uh, Iowa some of those schools but since I got hurt and I didn't really have any senior film I lost like basically all interest going in so I had a couple of d2 offers that stood and then I ended up going and talking to our coach, um, Coach Crabtree, great guy. And uh, ended, he ended up getting me a preferred walk-on spot at Kent State. Uh, went up there. And in camp, I ended up tearing the labrum in my shoulder. Um, and I wasn't a huge fan of just, like, the culture up there in general. Um, it just – I mean, not, no knocks on Kent State, but it just wasn't the place for me. Um and I mean, you look at their history, they don't really have that like winning culture. Um, so I just didn't like it anyway, ended up transferring to a smaller division three school, Wittenberg, did all my rehab and stuff there after I had surgery, uh, was at Wittenberg, was just gonna go to school and play football. I had a couple of friends from Westerville South that went there, roomed with them and ended up tearing the labrum in my shoulder again in spring ball, uh. same one. Yeah, so I'm, I, my career has been pretty injury-plagued, unfortunately. So after that, um, I transferred again because a Division three school, a small school like that, it's like 40 grand a year just to go to school. And without playing football, it wasn't worth it. So I transferred to Ohio State just to be a regular student. Um, That's when you that caught the bug again. <laughs> yeah, once you – I had surgery again on my shoulder, did all my rehab just uh, at some clinic on campus. And – was just a normal student and then um I just I really missed the game I missed it wasn't even really the game like the x's and o's it's like being a part of something bigger than yourself it's like having a you, you feel that sense of purpose like being a part yes of like that. and like the like when people talk about the brotherhood like it's really not just bullshit like it's no dude it's like a real thing and and being a, a part of that was something that I felt like I needed. Like, I'll be honest, like I was getting not in trouble cause like I'm in college, but I was doing stupid stuff. I was going out on weeknights partying, partying and doing stuff that like, I, I know I shouldn't have been doing. I was getting in fights, like stupid stuff that, and I think <clears throat> being a part of something bigger than yourself, like the football team or doing something, being a part of something like that kind of helps steer you in the right direction. It surrounds yeah. yourself with good elite people that are all reaching towards one goal or they should be if you're in a good program. Um, and so I missed that. And so I ended up walking on, um, I don't, should I go into the walk on? Oh, uh, well, real quick. Let me, I want to touch on that. The brotherhood aspect. Cause Nick and I, uh, who's, who's also been on the show, shout out to Nick. We'll, we'll have him on. We'll talk to Nick probably here in the next episode, but, um, me and Nick have talked about like the, the brotherhood aspect a bunch because I still like even that's like the, the number one thing that I miss is like yeah. I really like there's something about like when you have a group of guys like if you don't have like a group of guys that you go and you like suffer with or you go and you do something really hard with you miss out on like 
like for people that have not had that experience, like I urge you to go find a way to get that, whether it's like martial arts or like lifting really hard or CrossFit or find a way to go find a group of guys that you can suffer with. I think that's so important for like young guys in general to do. Cause like the, like you said, the brotherhood that you build over that, it's like some of those friendships, like our friendships and stuff are lifelong, like, like without question. It's like, you know what you've gone through with these people. So there's like nothing that can break that. And I feel like now that we're gone, like now that we're done with football and for other people out there that are listening that don't have football as that, that outlet, like where, where do you turn? Cause I've, I've been struggling with that a little bit myself, like military. Is it like, I mean, honestly, so what I've been, because I've been searching for that too, like you try and things replace that. And like, it's really hard. And honestly, I found it. It's, still, it's still the guys like I've been training. Like I find it in the weight room is what I do because that's what yeah. I love to do just because of my injuries and stuff. Like I spent more time in the weight room and preparing for seasons than I ever did actually playing the game. So that's yeah. just kind of what I fell in love with. So I'm in love with the process. Right. And, um, there's a couple of guys like I'm, I'm now in business with, uh, a guy that I played football with, his name's Zach uh, Chinor. And so yeah. we, we have a business together and me and him, like what we do is, is personal training and online training. And so, you know, me and him work out all the time together. Uh, Dante yeah. Booker, um, he's back in town. He was played with the Cardinals for a little bit. He loves to just grind and, and get after it. So we've been doing stuff together. Me and him do the same type of programs because we like to do the same type of things. And like, we're just, even if we're not lifting together, we're texting each other like, hey, what'd you get on that? Hey, how many reps did you do on that? What weight did you do on that? Like, and just like pushing each other and, and, you know, trying to get the best out of each other and just like have that little competitive back and forth um, mm-hmm. banter and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, training some of the guys that I've been able to train um, as a coach kind of helps you get back into it a little bit too. Um so it's, it's, it's working out right now. And, and I think that's like, that's like, dude, that, I mean, problem is it's like, you gotta, like those like good workout buddies that you find are like, they're few and far between. Cause like yeah, you gotta find to, a really good yeah. person. It's hard to find somebody that's like willing to be as consistent as you can and your schedules match up and that type of stuff. And they're willing to get after it the same way that uh, to the level you are and stuff. Like they push you. That's why I've chosen to do it with guys that I played football with because I know that they're willing to do it. It's hard to like, some people ask you at the gym, like, Hey, can you go work out? Or like, will you work out with me? It's like, I'm like, like, well, I do that for a living, but sure. Come be here at 6am. Oh, 6am. Yeah. No, like, all right, well, if we're going to work out, like we're going to get it done and we're going to get it done early. And that's what we're going to, and people aren't willing to sacrifice that. So I'm not going to, you know, I need to find people that are willing to put that same type of work ethic in. Yeah. And you don't want to like that. The people that always are like, yo, like, let's get a workout in are usually the people that like, uh, like a lot of times I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't work out with these people, but a lot of times they're like, they're trying to get like something out of you. Like they're trying yeah, to get like, they're trying to learn something or yeah. They just want yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Which is, I mean, you're like literally that. Yeah. That's what you do for a living. So that would be frustrating but I mean the the brotherhood aspect like dude I get drawn towards like military stuff like I because I'm out of football I always sit there and I think I'm like I see like videos like Jocko Willing for example or like someone like that and I'm like oh my god like I haven't done the military thing I've done all the different aspects and I haven't done the military thing yet and I'm like 
the, and the reason I'm drawn to it isn't for the job of, of like, you know, I think some of that stuff is definitely cool, but the, the reason I'm drawn toward is the brotherhood. Like I want that suffering with like that group of people. So my outlet recently has been, um, I guess martial arts a little bit because like the problem is it's so hard to like, because it's not an actual team thing, it's like more individual people go at their own times and their own pace and their own whatever. Now there's like more of like a fight team, like the guys that are actually fighting at my gym and those guys take it more seriously. So I could see if I kept going, like I could see a little bit of a brotherhood forming there, but uh, long distance running, like what Nick and I did. I respect that so much. I, that's not what I do. And I know that wasn't even what you did before, but like I said, I respect you guys for that. hundred percent. Well, so uh, the, the reason being is um, it, it's the same thing. It's actually, it's actually really fun to go on a run with one of your, like, like if it's Derek or Nick or somebody that I know will push me or will keep up with, or we'll, we'll just go grind 10 miles out or 20 miles. Like, it's like, it's like weirdly enjoyable. Cause you like, know like both of you guys are dying and like, it, it brings back that same feeling of like, uh, you're like almost accountable and you don't want to give up um because they're there so it pushes you a lot as long as the person's the same caliber of person that you are and honestly like with the working out and stuff we like that's one of the things that me and zach have talked about as far as like our business model and stuff goes with what we're doing training wise is creating that level of accountability and that's why we do like the online coaching stuff and people now i can talk about it people on here know who nate is if they've listened to your other episodes oh yeah nate badner i'm actually coaching him um and his biggest thing is the accountability with nutrition and so like that's you know kind of what I do for a living is trying to keep people accountable and we're trying to build that team aspect of it and taking what we learned in football and what we know is important and then applying it to other areas of our lives. So, yeah, the, the accountability, it's like consistency and accountability. They're kind of like one in the same in, in, in a way, but like that accountability piece when other people are counting on you is what yeah. makes like for me personally, like I'm a very self-driven person. But at the same time, I'm a different level of self-driven if someone expects something out of me. Like if right. somebody is like, hey, I expect you to be there at 6 a.m., I will fucking tooth and nail be there by 6 a.m. just to, you know, you know, not to let that person down, for example. Right. Like it's different. It'd be different if like, oh, I'm just going to go to the gym at 6 a.m. by myself. Like if you show up at 6.15, like who cares? But if you were meeting me at the gym at 6 a.m., you'd, you'd be there. Yeah. But so I, I guess like for, I mean, how do you build that piece like of accountability if, you know, there isn't that team aspect? Is it through like groups? Like is it group text messages or does it like for you, does it have to be in person? Like you need that like level of like, Hey, show up here at this time. For myself you know? or for like well, my, my people that I'm coaching? I guess for yourself. So for myself, like, like I said, I'm a, I don't, I thrive in a very structured discipline. Same. Yeah. So do I. My schedule is like the same exact thing every single day. So yeah. like for me, like if I'm supposed to be at the gym at 6 a.m., like I'm at the gym at 6 a.m. I don't need anybody else to tell me where to be and what to be at the same time. But we kind of talked about this. 
I don't, we're going in so many different directions, but like, no, dude, I love it. Like, it's fine. <laughs> we, talked about, we talked about this the other day, like creating that alter ego and like being able to flip the switch. And oh like, yeah, out. when I'm working out, like if I'm about to squat 500 pounds, like some days I'm like, dude, this is ridiculous. Why am I even doing this? But if there's yeah. somebody there or like, for instance, me and book are doing book Dante Booker book. Okay. Are doing the same program. And I know he's going to hit it. And I know he's going to hit it for this many reps. Like I have to do it because I know yeah. he's going to do it. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's like that. It's like in some, if I, if he wasn't doing it, I might be like, dude, I'm about to just do like three reps instead of five. Like I'll be all right. But like, if I know like he's going to hit it for that much, I'm like, nope, there's no way I'm not now. Like I have. So, to. so, but that, that like level of like, even if like, like when he's not there, like maybe that doesn't happen. Like, so getting around the people that like are on that same caliber or even a little bit better in a lot of areas, I feel like is like, that brings you up to that next level. Like when we were playing football, it was like. Surround yourself. Even if they're not there, like if me, if I decided to start running, the first thing I would do is like put you and uh, Nick in a group text and be like, okay, what are we, how many miles are you guys running today? And yeah. I'm half a mile more than what you guys are running. Yeah, because, that's exactly what we like, do. Like, right. So like, it, it just you have to be able to surround yourself or have, have friends or even if it's you have to sometimes you have to pay for it, like whether it's a trainer, coaching, or yeah, that's, you know, coaching, that's gonna help build you to that next level. So making sure you're surrounding yourself with the right people, I think is yeah. And, and like getting around people that are on, I, I honestly, I think people that are nearing, like you want to find people that are gr like heavy growth mindset, but also yeah. are around the same level as you. And then you both just like, once you find that friend that you know, you're going to just like level up with. Like, like you do like, dude, I did one more rep than you. And then the next time he's like, well, now I have to do like two more. And then you're like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, now you did two more now I have to do another one and then it's just like yeah. going back and it's just like I know it just is like meathead stuff but it's just like you have to I don't know I'm just a super competitive person so yes and it's like, it's like friendly it's like fun competitive yeah. it's right it's not like I'm actually mad at that person it's just like exactly well, now like, the inner monster is about to come out and something like I'm about to do something I've never done before because I'm not gonna let you beat me yes and, and like, so Nick and Derek and I, we were talking about this during our run. Derek's the same way where, um, and for those of you guys that don't know, like Nick and Derek and I were the ones that ran the hundred mile like race. So Nick and Derek, when we were running a hundred miles, I remember Derek had, had, he told me this at one point, um, but he like reiterated it, I think afterward. And I think Nick was the same way. We were all three dying inside at multiple like at all different times but really towards the end when things were getting really bad I remember like both of them in in their heads they were like I like they couldn't stop because the other two of us hadn't stopped and like Derek couldn't stop because right. me and Nick didn't stop and and like I couldn't stop because Nick and Derek didn't stop so at any one point in time each one of us was dragging the other people along and that and like ability, you're, you're, go ahead. I know you're like, I know you're determined, but I don't think you could have done that without those two guys. No chance, dude, because I think that's the crazy thing. Like, like, so, like in never in a million years. And I don't think I could run a hundred miles, but I know that if I did it with you three, there's no way I wouldn't because you I wouldn't know. 
<laughs> that's how it felt. Yeah. But, but then there was a point. So this is what happened. This is actually what happened during the race. There was a point where it flipped. And once Nick, this is funny because basically um, all of our phones and stuff had died and they ended up like essentially giving up at one point in time. Like there was a point where uh, <laughs> this was so dumb. <laughs> we were like mile like 88 or something. No, we we're like mile 90 something. And we, we didn't really know because um, it said we were at mile 90, like two or something, but the app was all messed up. Both their phones were dead. My phone was at 2%. And the app was like, we had ran off trail like so many different times. The app's telling us, it's, it, the app was messed up for everybody doing the race. It was like a specific app for this race. But I was also tracking it on Strava, which is like a, a very uniform, like universal running app. So we're at mile 92 or whatever. And back at the aid station at mile like 88 or mile 90 or whatever, we figured out that we're not going to make the cutoff time. We're 15 minutes over the cutoff time. So we did the math in our head, which was completely off because we were like delusional at that point. We did the math in our head and we're like, well, if we don't start running at the same fast pace that we started this hundred miler at, then we're not going to finish in the cutoff time. So we pick up our poles, like we're limping and we just pick up our poles and just start running like full steam ahead running when our bodies were like completely shattered. So we're, we're doing like a full on run to try to like make up this time. Cause we're at mile nine and we're like, we had no idea like 10, we're not gonna be able to run 10 miles. Like we're dying at this point. So we make it like two miles in or mile nine two or whatever. And like Nick's body, like legitimately starts shutting down. Like he starts like, I've never seen anything like this. Like, cause he's the toughest motherfucker, like of all time. Like Nick is a savage. So Nick's Derek is the one that's actually forcing us to do this at the time, which is even crazier. Cause Derek was like dying. And so Derek's like, pick up your poles. We're just going to run. And so, which was a terrible idea looking back on it. So we're running for like two straight miles and we, we clocked to like our fastest miles from mile 90 to like 92 or like, so we're like all of a sudden Nick's body just like flips and starts shutting down. Granted, he's like 230 pounds. So he's doing this like as a full tank and he just starts like all of a sudden he just stops and he's like, like getting really worried. Like something's not right with his heart. Like there's like actual stuff that's going wrong. We're in the middle of the woods and no one's around no one's phone works except for mine and he starts like freaking out he's like i i need to like i need to call someone like i need to like i need help and so the second he stops then uh derek stopped and i'm still walking i'm like guys like we can't stop but then i started getting worried and i was like oh yeah like maybe we really do need to stop and so then i'm like kind of like i'm debating in my head like should i be pulling them along right now or yeah, you gotta determine like like is it, is he actually okay? Or yeah. Yeah. Because we were, all of us were dying, but this one was like yeah. pretty serious. So then I was like, I was like, Oh shoot. I was like, Oh man, I don't, I don't know what to do. Cause like, I couldn't, we were so close in my head. I was like, we're so close. We're like 10 miles away. And, um, and I didn't want to run 10 miles either, but I was like, shit, like we're this close. You already ran. Yeah, exactly. So then I'm like, I'm like, okay, how about this, Nick? How about we just sit down for a few minutes? Let's just let's not care anymore about making the cutoff time, but let's finish the hundred miler. Let's all just sit here. And so 
we sit down and then Nick uses my phone, which is at 1% to call his family. So he calls his family and then we start heading down and I'm, I'm like, you stay here. Derek and I will go to the next aid station, get help, and then get them to like send the help up to you up to this point. So the craziest part about this is we start heading down the mountain and around the corner and um, Derek decides to stop. So Derek finds a bench and he's like, fuck it, dude, I'm done. I'm done. Like Nick's done. I'm done. Like he, Derek's mind, like once Nick was done, Derek stopped. Like literally, I'm not even kidding, probably 200 yards later. And so they both stopped. And then I'm like, oh my God, I have to make it to the next aid station to find these people. I pull out my phone, which is at 1%. I exit out of the, the main race app. And all of a sudden, I see my Strava app pull up. We're at 99.8 miles or 99.2 miles right at that point. So they, they both stopped at 99.2. And I'm like, oh, my God, guys, we're like at 100 miles. And Derek, Derek just doesn't care at this point. He's like, dad, Nick's all the way back in the mountain. He doesn't even know we're that close. <laughs> and um, so then I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is so bad. So I start running again because I'm trying to clock the hundred miles on my phone before it dies. I take yeah. off running. I'm like, I got to get this. I'm at 1%. I have to hit hundred miles. So I had to run one mile left Yeah. and uh, get to 99.8 miles. And my phone dies. <laughs> and I'm just livid at this point. I hike another four miles up to the next aid station. I'm at like 104 miles at this point. I send people down to go find Nick and Derek. They had to walk to get to the cars and like the car areas and like go walk. They, cl- they crossed a hundred miles on accident, like going and just going to go get, get help, which is funny as shit. So we ended up all completing a hundred miles. And then I turned my phone back on after I'd ran like 104 probably. And it, it's, it had it paused right there and it said resume race. And I said, yes. And I went and finished through the hundred and like on the tracking. And I was like, but anyway, the reason I told you that whole story, cause that, that is like actually like what ended up happening to us during that, that story like shows so directly all of our mindsets were linked together And the second, like Nick actually like physically couldn't do it anymore. We all got super nervous and everyone else stopped us. Like we were like in our heads, it, or at least in Derek's head, he was like, I'm done. Like I'm going to be done too. When two minutes prior to that, he was full speed running. So, so for me, I was like, I just, my whole thing was like, I'm, I'm too close. I'm going to keep going. But had it, had it been like an extra 20 miles, I probably would have quit too. Yeah. But if, yeah, had I not seen on my phone that 99 miles and no knew in my head that both of them quit, I might've given up too. So I was like that, that like accountability aspect when you're with that group of people that like really pushes you, like, we're not going to show up and do a squat workout and you're going to bitch out on a set. Like there's no way that's going to happen. Wouldn't happen. It just, I mean, so I I don't know like the brotherhood aspect, like how people can build that in their lives. I think the best thing, my advice would be again, staying close with people like you and I, but, but me and you met through football though. That's the problem. Like finding, I think like joining a gym, like whether you're, you're, I mean, my, my wife does orange theory and she has friends that 
she met through Orange Theory and they work yeah. out every morning at 6 a.m. together before she goes to work. Like, d- even if it's not the same, like... Level of brotherhood. Level of, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't do Orange Theory. But she enjoys it and she found people that she likes to work out with. And if that makes her happy and she found a group of people that push each other while they're working out, then great. Yeah. You know, she, she's one of those people. She's competitive too. I mean, she, she works out with her friends and if that, if the person next to her is on 6.5 speed for their jog, she's going to put it on 6.7. Like it, it's still like yeah. the same type of thing. Um, you know, finding, you could do that at any gym or true. You, know, you, you go in somebody's at the squat rack and you see like, Oh dang, like that dude's got a lot of weight on there. And then you just, you kind of just spark up a conversation and, you know, maybe that person becomes your lifting partner. You know what? As you just said that, I think this is the point. I think it's not a gym that you join. And like, it, unless you have a couple friends you can go grind with, I think yeah. it's group class. I think group, like group settings like CrossFit, I think is really good about that. That's when all. When you said CrossFit, like I am not a fan of CrossFit workouts as far. Like I just think that they can cause a lot of energy injuries and there's a lot more efficient ways to work out if – without yourself anyway but one thing that crossfit has done is you can have an all-star athlete and linda from accounting and they're going to the same spot and they're working their asses off and so together yeah yeah that's one thing that crossfit has done family it's It's, they created that family bond atmosphere and and culture of just grinding and that like i think if you can find somewhere or something that does that it can make a huge impact on your life, not just in the gym. And the, the reason I think working out is so good, martial arts is good about it, but it's also so individual. Like when you go to martial arts, like I'm competing directly against you when we're rolling in jujitsu or doing like, you know, fighting or whatever. Once you're done, it feels amazing. And you really respect the other people that you're doing it with. Cause you're like, obviously like this is really hard to do. And whether you win or lose you just respect the other person but it's a little bit less yeah you're not like go harder i mean yeah some kind of you are but like if you have me in a rear naked choke you're not going to be like yeah get out of it get out of it you're just gonna yeah like like yeah it's not yeah no exactly and and i think part of it too is it's like it's uh it's so like um competitive in the nature of like you really are trying to beat them and like that type of thing. It's cool. The, when it feels cool is when you go like as a gym, your gym, like versus someone else's gym. And you're like, you know, defending your gym, like those are your friends type thing. So that part's cool. But like, I, I think the working out, I think if you can find a group, like a workout group or like a couple people you can go sign up for races together with, or you can, you know, whatever that is, or, you know, military football, a team. Working towards a common goal is just a big thing too. So like yeah. weight loss challenges or whether it's like, I mean, even you think like there's like powerlifting groups and like, it just depends on what your style is, but you just got to find something that is going to surround you with other people that are working towards a common goal. You need, you need a common goal. You need to suffer together. And then you need like high stakes situations. Like, like if it's easy, if it's easy, like, Oh, hold on, Jackson. I think you're cutting out there for a second. Yeah. What'd you say? If it's easy, what? Am I good now? Yeah, you're good. Okay. Um, like if it's easy, you don't create as great of a bond. Oh yeah. Like. The harder, the deeper, the suffering, the better the bond. Right. 
And like, even with football, like we were walk-ons, but the starters and dudes that are now in the NFL, like if I hit them up, like they still just respect us because we did the same exact stuff that they did and probably even took more reps than they did just because we would go against the first team, the second team and the third team mm-hmm. while they were getting water. Like they, they just like, they respect you because they know that you had to, you had to go through that. Not everybody can do that. Well, well, plus dude, uh, we didn't get the rewards that they got. Like they were doing it with the, the rewards of the NFL and the money and the, you know, fame and whatever else. <laughs> Yeah, getting paid for school and school is getting paid for. Yeah, so and like just uh, I mean there, I mean there's a lot of things, but um, let's dive into the the walk on mentality. I'm curious because uh, I mean obviously people know like our background. We we did we grew up in um, in high school at least a little bit together playing football. But really, once me and you became like super close, it was because like our paths just like weirdly kept crossing. Yeah, really. So. Like I would see you at, um, I think I saw you at a football game and yeah. I remember I, was watching, I, I would go to the games as a student when I was, yeah, it, dude, by the way, I hated doing that. And, and I've talked to this, hated it, so pissed. dude. Okay. Thank you. And if anyone feels pissed when they're watching their favorite team play, something's wrong so that's how i knew i need to course correct my life it from the second i entered college i hated watching every football game every yeah. single one because okay. in my head i was like i should be on the sideline yeah. or playing yeah and so i still i honestly don't even really watch that much football nowadays uh not because i think i should be playing because i don't even want to play um but I, I don't even watch that much football because i'm more interested in like the act of playing than i am and watching it yeah, yeah. I, but anyway, I'm super analytical when I watch too. Like, I can't watch in a big group of people. Like, people are like yeah. asking me questions and stuff, and I'm like, dude, it's third down and, and two. Like, stop! It's the end of the game. Like, don't talk to me. Like, yeah. I get <laughs> no, but I mean, and watching football too. Like, I don't know. It, I love watching Ohio State, but then outside of that, I'm just like, I have too many other things yeah. to get. Yeah, I want to do other really- stuff with my life. But, but anyway, so back to the wall, I saw you, I, I feel like the first time I saw you coming back was like, I saw you outside of the football game. Like we were walking around. I was like, Oh, Jackson, what's up? You were with Brittany. And I was like, um, I think I was like either leaving the R pack or like, I don't even know if I was watching the game or not because I, I bought season tickets my freshman year. Cause my dad was like, yeah, everyone goes to football games. You better buy season tickets. So bought them my freshman year. Every year after my freshman year, like it, when I had mentally decided I was going to walk on, I purposely never bought tickets ever again because I was like, I'm going to be on the team. Screw yeah. tickets. I'm not going to – why would I buy tickets? So I wanted to – I was casting – I was having no backup plans for if I didn't make the, the team. Like right. mentally I was like, I had to make it. But anyway, I ran into you and I was like, yeah, what's up? Like what are you doing? You were like, oh, you know – went to Kent State, went to Wittenberg, decided to transfer here. And I was like, oh, cool. So you'll be here now. And then uh, neither of us mentioned anything about football. And then I saw you at a, a party or two. Like we were both partying at the time, like just being degenerates. Yeah. And uh, the party that I saw you at, again, we, like, we were like friendly, but like we didn't have a ton of stuff to, to catch up on. Like it was like, hey, what have you been up to? Like normal stuff. And then – it was the time after that, all of a sudden I see you at the tryout. It was a, 
<laughs> and I'm like, wait a second, what the hell? Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Like, I uh, can you hear me? It says my internet connection. Yeah, you just lagged a tiny bit, but you're good now. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, I remember that. Like, we just walked in, and I was like, "Dude, what are you doing here?" You're like, "Dude, I'm trying out." And I was like, "Me too." And there was like 250 people there. <laughs> and we just randomly ended up seeing each other but yeah it was nuts and then like the whole that was so cool though because i I made me feel like so much more comfortable all of a sudden yeah yeah no i agree like i just remember thinking like i was like if jackson's here like we're both probably like better than all these scrubs because we i know we've played together i know we've gone through and you could see that 150 of the 200 people didn't belong there and there were 50 that like were pretty yeah maybe do something and then you started going through drills and it was just like all right well there's pretty obvious that could maybe make it and then it yeah and, and ohio state's got like sixty thousand students or whatever and you think about it and you're like okay you know they they had this open tryout like you said a couple hundred people show up to the tryout then out of these couple hundred people that showed up at nine or probably 70 percent of them shouldn't even be there they're just probably doing it right. for the fun of it and then there's another, like, yeah, like you said, maybe 50 kids that look like they could ever maybe even play. And then out of the 50 people that, like, even look the part, only, like, 5 to 10 really, not, like, looked like they had even a shot, like, right. in terms of drills. Right. Just you, you, can, you either pass the look, the eye test, or you don't. Like, yeah. And I, and I hate to say it, but that's kind of how it is. Unless you just blow people away with, like, some crazy 40 time or something. Exactly. But that's the thing, like the eye test, like where people are like, Oh, well, what's the eye test? Like, look, be in really good shape, like be jacked, be like a football player. Look like a, look the part if you're going to try to play. Right. Um, because, cause think about it when you're trying to walk on to a division one team, this is my thought process. At least every day that I would be working out, I'm thinking I'm joining a team. These kids are working out every single day. And they're practicing every day. If I'm not working out every single day and practicing every single day, why would I think I even have a chance to be on their well, level? When I, when I decided that I wasn't going to play football, I, I dropped from 220 to 185. I was – my sophomore year of college, I was 185. And then when I was like, all right, I'm going to walk on, I bumped back up to 220 by the time the tryout started. Yeah. Like I knew that I went in at 185. I'm not fast enough to play corner or safety. Yeah. So – like I, the part. <laughs> I came in at 220 and ran my 40 in a decent time. And so that's, that's what ended up happening. But like, I knew if I went in at a scrawny 185, it wasn't going to happen. Well, that's scrawny for you. Like a 185 for oh, yeah. some people, okay. like I'm, a different. I'm 6'2 six, six and I'm pretty broad shouldered, pretty yes. big guy. Yeah. You're a bigger like, person. For me, like I looked small. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. No, six. If I was 6'2", 185 and ran like a 4.5, that's a different story. But I probably ran like 5 flat at that time. Yeah. So. yeah. So, well, so that's the thing. I see it just try out and then we're like, oh, shoot. Like, that's cool. I didn't even know you wanted to walk on. I was actually planning to walk on with another one of our former high school um, players, which was Dalton. And Dalton, like, was, like, kind of on the fence. We had asked Coach Crabtree. I didn't even know you were interested in walking on. We asked our high school coach for some help. And he just, he had nothing to give, like no help to give us. So I had zero connections, no help, no clue what was going on. And I was just training my ass off. I'd been training my ass off ever since high school, let's be honest. But once I like decided I'm training for football, I was hitting forties and shuttles and 
I would I was oh, yeah. working rogue and then like doing, doing my that. work. Well, cause even at 185, I was still in good shape. Like I was just ripped up, but I was just small. Yeah. Like, I, you have to, to play at that level, you have to have some mass, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I would do the same training, training regular and training for football is completely different. And we could get into that topic because that's kind of my expertise, but completely different. Com- yeah. You're training for a purpose versus training for uh, fun and looks and, and strength and whatever else aesthetics. But so anyway, we get to this tryout and, um, I remember it was crazy because like a lot of like weird things happened where first of all, for me, I had like a Ninja Warrior. I did go compete on Ninja Warrior that same day I was flying out. So like all this weird stuff in my life was lining up. I was trying to train for both things. Like everything was like weird timing. And then for you, uh, like I remember we both did really well at the tryout. Like my times were the best I'd ever ran for anything. I ran like a four or five. I ran like a four flat shuttle. Like I was like, best times and then similar for you you had like a four seven or a four six or something um and then like uh the walk-on coordinator at the time happened to be what was it it was like someone from kent state that you knew was like i did my homework because that's another thing like your advice like know who is running it and know like how you could be able to finagle your way in there because i don't know i don't know why but crabtree helped me Coach Crafter, a high school coach, he called Coach Fickle and some other people. So, like, they kind of knew who I was. Oh, wow. That's BS. He didn't <laughs> so ha- I had zero help. Like, I was no help at all. But the guy that was but. running the tryout, the guy that was running the tryout, like the director of player personnel or whatever, he was the linebacker GA at Kent State when I was there. So, I looked – it's not like he remembered me because I was a walk-on at Kent State, too. So he didn't remember me, but I looked at his bio on, on the Ohio state page. And it said like, you know, has your history on there. And it said linebacker GAA in 2014. And I was like, okay. So he was there when I was there. And so when I had the chance, he was standing at the 40 station. Yeah. I was just like, Hey, I think you look really familiar. Were you at Kent state? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's where I went originally. And so like, yeah, he, he loved you for that. And then he watched me and he was standing there and he watched me run my 40. I knew that was exactly what's going to like, You have to be able to play the game a little bit. Yes, that was and, smart. And he was the decision maker. Like he was the only right. decision, was the decision maker. maker. So, and then as soon as I ran my 40, he yelled down to the guy that was running the clock and he was like, Hey, what was that? And he yelled out my time. I don't remember what it was. It was four, seven, four, eight, something like that. And, uh, he like wrote down on his paper and then I went on to the next station. But after that, I kind of knew I was like, and that was You're my like, best time. So like, there was no way, like, I was coming back and running a faster time. So yeah. no, I was yeah. running. That was good for me. So I was like, all right, well, if, if I'm going to make it, this is it. Cause this is the best that I've done. So. Yeah. And, and I remember like sitting there and I was like, I remember you guys talking and stuff and I was like, Oh, that's going to be helpful. And then they did this thing where they pull your slip of paper if they want to talk to you at the end, like where they're writing down all your times or whatever. And um, I was devastated. I was so mad after this because they had, I think they pulled your slip and they like talked to you and they talked to a couple other people. I had to like, I had to book it out of there anyway. Cause I had to go catch a flight, but they never took my stuff. This was the first tryout. And, and I remember thinking like, Oh man, like, like these were the best times I've ever ran ever for anything. And they didn't take my slip. But what gave me hope is I saw them take yours. And I was like, well, if Jackson can do it and like, they're going to talk to him, then, you know, I still have a chance maybe sometime in the future or something like that. So 
they took your slip, but then they told you, which was nice because then you told me that they had no roster spots available. Yeah, and I was so like, oh. Happening, I'll, I'll tell this part of the story. So what ended up happening is me and probably three, four or five other people got to stay and run like extra drills that were like actually linebacker drills or running back drills, whatever you were. And um, so I went and did that. And they, you know, I, so I was thinking like, dude, I made it. Like I'm hyped, right? And they take us in, they're like, hey, you guys did really well but there's no spots. We'll be, we'll be in touch in the future. And I was like, dude, come on. Well, okay. But hold on pause right there because this was weird though. This was a tryout in the very first week of the school, which was yeah, in August, yeah. which is super weird because they just finished fall camp and they're going into the season. So I never understood. I was like, why the hell? Like I would, I felt weird about that tryout. Just thinking like, am I going to join the team the week before? Like, I haven't even practiced yet. Yeah, yeah. would have been really weird. But two groups of walk-ons, one in August, and one that come in with the incoming freshmen, and then they do one in um, January, which is when we ended up getting put on. So exactly. So then, anyway, January rolls around. They don't make you try out again. They're like Jackson. We might have a – I think they just texted you and said you have yeah, a spot. So I had been in contact with the guy from Kent State back and forth. Like he would. Like afterwards, he was like, let me get your phone number. Let me get your contact information. Like, we'll be in touch. If, if somebody in camp would have got hurt and, like, out for the season and, and a roster spot opened up, I would have been, like, a guy that they would call in to just have an extra body. So he was like, just make sure you're training. Make sure you're prepared. And, like, we'll be in touch. So every month maybe I would just send him a text like, hey, just checking in, like, making sure that, you know, we're staying in touch. Just, like, want to see how things are going. Sometimes he'd respond. Sometimes he wouldn't I remember it was like October or November he sent me an email was just like hey man just checking in like making sure you're training like uh we're still you know no roster spots open yet but like we're still you know hopeful that we'll be able to get you on here soon so I'm like I got this text in the RPAC and then I just cranked out like, you're just like let's go so I did I that and then it ended up just getting all the way through the season I was kind of bummed and then I ended up getting a call over Christmas break to get to go and start in January. And, then and you told like, me, you, you told me about that. You texted me and said, Hey, like, I think I'm going to make it on. And I was like pissed at the time. I was like, fuck dude, I got to find a way to make it on the team. <laughs> and uh, that's when I, I ended up figuring out there was a second tryout, which was crazy. Right, right. Yeah. But so then guess what? This is where I met Nick. So right over like right when I finished the, I had known Nick from the gym. Like, you know how you just make gym friends? Yeah. I knew Nick because, and this is hilarious. Nick worked out at J.O. North and we would work out at like 2 a.m., like 1 a.m. Like I would see the only other person that was grinding like that was Nick that was in the gym like late and stuff. And Nick's in the gym. And one time like he's like spotting me for bench or something. And, and he's like uh, asking me questions because I had told him that I was like, he was like, what are you training so hard for? And I was like, well, training for Ninja Warrior, but I also like, I'm tr I might try to walk on. He was like, one of the tryouts. And he was like asking me all these questions about walk-on tryouts because his roommate wanted to walk on. So he's like, yeah, like I'm not interested. Like he, he just finished playing at Ashland. Like he was similar yeah. to you. He had gotten injured, was a transfer. And then he's like, he said his roommate wanted to know about it. So he keeps telling me his roommate wants to know all this information. I show up to the second tryout, and there's Nick. I'm like, dude, were you lying to me and telling me your roommate wanted to try out when you're the one that's trying out? And he was like dying because he was like, no, I actually 
I'm being serious. Like my roommate actually wanted to. And then randomly, like I just decided, um, that, that I was going to, you know, try out. And so then, uh, Nick is at the second trial. You had told me that you made it, which gave me hope. I was like, okay, there's roster spots available. Then Nick and I both get selected to stay around like through the graces of God. Some safety coach was watching me. I didn't get my slip pulled again. And then like got super lucky as I'm walking out the building, almost the safety coach grabs me and he's like, Hey, I want you to stay around for a little bit. And and it wasn't the walk-on coordinator guy. God bless coach turn. Yeah, man. Thank God. I mean, the fact that that happened, like that things just aligned so perfectly. meant to be right there. Yeah. That was literally meant to be like that guy, coach Turin, shout out to Matt Turin. Like what an absolute legend. Like if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have made it on the team. Wouldn't that? And because the, the walk-on coordinator guy that you had talked to, he didn't like me for whatever reason. And so that just for everyone listening, like it, white, sometimes white, it just doesn't go your way. Yeah. Being a white corner sometimes doesn't go your way. <laughs> but so anyway, um, Nick and I ended up getting like selected and then, we're both freaking out. I text you. I'm like, Hey, like I got held after, like, I don't know what's happening. And then all of a sudden, a couple days later, I think it was the end of that week. It's Friday evening. I'm actually heading to go to my brother's birthday dinner. I think, yeah, it was dinner for my brother's birthday. I get a text message that says be at the Woody at 5am. You made it or something. And I just remember like, dude, I think I, I think I was like tearing up. I think I might even like, like, I remember being, yeah, I I remember like either crying or like I was in my room completely alone, falling on my bed and being like, oh my, because I had worked for this for, I had made a promise to my grandpa. I worked for it for several years. I tried, I tried and failed. I'd gone through all this stuff and seeing the text that said, be at the Woody at 5am, which is the athletic center. I dude, I just like broke down and I was like, it felt like I had accomplished so much when in reality it hasn't even started yet. I'll remember the phone call that I got that said I was on the team forever. Like, forever. Same dude. And, and then I, t- so like, because I had made that promise to my grandpa and all that stuff. I remember that night I text my mom and I go, they're picking me up for dinner. And I said, mom, I need you to come inside. I need to tell you something before she goes to dinner. And she's like, Oh my God. Like he got someone pregnant. He like, he's like in trouble. Like he did something super bad. She's, she's thinking it's like something terrible. So she comes into my apartment and like, I tell her the news and she's just like freaking out. And then my grandma's freaking out. And then like eventually went and told my dad and he started crying. I was like, Oh my God, like this is crazy. Cause it was like, it was completely unexpected. Like I never told them that I was doing this. Like I, I told them the first time I tried, but the second one was just out of the blue. Yeah. No, I, what was your family's reaction when you told them? Well, so like, it was weird because at, like I told my dad, I was like, like the first time. So it was, it was, I mean, long story, but before I didn't even have a pair of football cleats when I first wanted to go, like I had to start training for this again, because like I knew I wasn't fast enough. I knew I wasn't big enough. Like I had to go, I didn't have any money. Like I was a college student and like football cleats now are a hundred bucks. Like I had to go tell, ask my dad, I was like, dad, can you like give me some money for some football cleats? Like I want to start training. And he was like, what? Like we just went through like 17 surgeries. So I'm like, why are we trying to do this again? And I was like, no, like I'm serious. Like, I really think I like need this. Like, and like, he was like, 
you know, usually like I'm the kid with like the Nike vapors and like these super nice cleats and stuff. And he was like, okay, I'll give you like 60 bucks for a pair of cleats. And I'm like, dad, what am I going to get with 60 bucks? So I went to like play it against sports and box and like used cleats to start. (laughs) And then like, I, I told him that I got held after at the tryout and he was like, Oh, that's good. Like there wasn't anything yet. He was like, just keep working as hard as you're working, keep working, keep working. And event, like I was down, I wasn't even with them when I got the phone call. I was actually down in Florida at Brittany's parents' house on Christmas break uh, vacation when I got the phone call and I like called home and like called my parents and I could tell like my mom was crying and yeah, and my dad was like, you know, super proud. And it's just like a moment that it, it would have been on, nice, on, person, but like, you'll never really forget. And I mean, that, that might be like that at, at Ohio state. Like I remember coming out of the, a locker room like the parents get oh, to go right yeah. the tunnel, and it was like after the first home game and like your parents just think this is like the coolest thing ever oh, exactly like, <laughs> like you grew up an ohio state fan and so like they're like you know they're like backstage at the concert right like they're like yeah. you know all these people that like they know like jt barrett walks out of the locker room and stuff and like they're like freaking out like fangirls and stuff and then you like walk out and my mom was crying my dad yeah. was like up and you just give them a big hug like it was just i mean so many but, but, like i don't think people like they don't understand too because like our both of us our families were massive ohio state fans right like yeah. it's like it's like you go and they didn't think like i know for a fact my mom and my dad didn't think that i could do it like i i don't think they thought like they might have thought like uh oh, maybe like but they didn't really think that i was gonna like i don't think I don't think they believed that I was going to make it like ever. And and so when it like came completely out of the blue, it was even more like, Oh my gosh, like, wow, this is like crazy. He's like playing on the team that we watch all the time that we like love to watch. It's weird. But, uh, and nonetheless, I mean, me and you went on to have uh, you know, an awesome career an awesome time there. And like, I mean, the brotherhood that we built through that, that time period, I just think it was so cool that like our paths like kept. Yeah, it was just weird that like, it was like meant for us to be friends or something. Cause we I, yeah. back and forth in like the weirdest places and times. Well, so real quick though, for, for those young athletes that are listening that want to have like some type of crazy story like this, where they make their parents really proud or they achieve, like this is one of me and you are like, biggest life goals was to play football here. So for us to accomplish it with no connection, I mean, you kind of had some help, so that's bullshit. But (laughs) I mean, uh, we, I had like literally nobody helped me. So for people out there that are listening, one, it is possible to achieve, but then two, I was set the expectation for them. Like this was a, like a pinnacle emotional state where like I received the information that we had walked on. Now, couple days later you show up at the woody and you show up for your first 5 a.m workout and like the biggest high to like the lowest low so fast yeah <laughs> it's like well it's so cool because it's all so new and you're like you're all like real nervous and stuff and you're like oh my god like what's going on i mean like but yeah. at the same time all of a sudden it clicks in your mind after like it probably took me like a week and a half for like a couple weeks for the high to like disappear it was the first mat drills is when the high disappeared So the first time we had like a team, like, cause initially they took us walk-ons and Jackson, we probably got like, yeah, five minutes left or so. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to make you run over here, but um, I remember that first like mat drills we had uh, like 
they split they split us walk-ons up right so me and you were in that group where it was like 4 a.m workouts or 5 a.m workouts and it was uh we hadn't even seen the team yet together in one grouping the first time coach meyer like brought the whole team together and we had like an actual thing i want to say it was like one of the mat drill days and um, we had the team meeting because it was like our first ever team meeting and then we would run straight from the team meeting room into the the uh like the field and do the mat drills. And do you remember? Oh my God. That was so scary. Yeah. And we, it was like, and two though, we were like, first of all, we were nervous. And then you know how every mat drill, they did like a different hype video. Yeah. And so like, it was like the, it was, I think it was the military one where yeah. it was like the, the guy from lone survivor, like talking. And then it was like, I can't remember. But anyway, like everyone's just like fired up and like, we're just like, what is going what is going on like, it's like game day and like you think like you guys are about to go like play a game like that's how hyped everybody was. even then, even like i don't even think it ever i don't even think game days even compared to that like dude, you and we had no idea they didn't tell us anything they just say like show up show up like, at this dude, time show up at this time that's all the information that you get yeah so we show up jackson dude i remember this for first match was like because me you and nick we're all in the same like we became such good friends because we didn't know shit we were scared we're nervous that we weren't going to perform and like we're all talking to each other like dude what what is going on we show up at this mattress thing and like we're this isn't like oh we know what to expect we just got thrown in the fire so we show up to this drills are yeah we don't we don't know how to do the drills and then, and then they just expect you to go do it. And I lost every single one. Same, like, me I, too. I lost like, everyone. Dude, I have no idea what I'm doing. So it, it was competition. They said it's like, they're like, all right, it's, it's, uh, you're, you get called a loser every time you lose. And they call you out over the microphone and they're like, you loser. <laughs> and like, so uh, we show up there and there's these massive people. They're like, don't, they're like, you better not mess up. Taekwondo's going to, you know. <laughs> eat you alive or whatever he's this you know seven foot tall <laughs> no but in reality like we show up in there they hype us up in this this room they're like you guys better be ready to like suffer blah, blah, blah. we run out onto the mats and then all of a sudden there's all these stations set up and we don't know like how hard this is going to be they say this is like one of the hardest workouts and stuff that we're going to do so we're nervous as crap and then all of a sudden like we do everything's a competition meaning like you're like fighting with these people like your tire pulling and like whoever wins they mark you down like you're a loser you're a winner you're a loser every single place went or every single thing is winner loser and i just remember being like i i was like so overstimulated that like after that day ended like we made it through we survived and i lost literally every single competition i did that day i remember making it back and like sitting down in my like taking a shower and I remember like almost having to like sit down in the shower and be like, oh my gosh, like I thought that I like for some reason achieved something when I made the team. Yeah, and this was the this was the start of the journey, man. Like it was uh Yeah. So Jackson, what, what I mean, what was your like when when did that kick into you where you're like, this is gonna be a ton of work? I would, I honestly, like, I get mat drills were hard, but, like, when we were isolated, like, for me, so I'm, like, a person that, like, loves to lift. Like, I know what I'm doing at this point already. Like, I love to squat. I love the bench. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm good with my form. Like, I've been I taught all these things. I had a personal trainer. I've been through strength and conditioning programs. And then they just throw you in this, uh, 
program where you're using bands and plates for like three weeks straight. Like I'm miserable. Like you're just, you're doing plate pushes. You're doing band bicep curls. They're like, you have to earn your way into the weight room. And I'm like, dude, I can go squat just as much as these guys. And it's like a mental, like mind. It's mind game. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like, who, like, I'm going to make these people quit. Like, and they did. We, there were nine of us. And by the time we got out, there were three. three. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's actually wild to think about that. Um, yeah. They weed out the, the week very quickly and very easily. And the people that can't hang or that don't do things right, like you'll get weeded out. But I just remember like there was this moment in my head and I don't, I don't know if it was after mad drills or not. Like there wasn't like a, I don't think it was a distinct moment, but I remember thinking and being like, I didn't achieve anything by making the team. I just got started. Like all I did was make the team. Like there was in my head, I built up this long journey and this long story because it was like a two, three year journey. But at the same point in time, nothing even happened until the second I walked in the weight room. Like the, that wasn't even like, like, I think, I think we both did it. And I, and you know, you can have, you can go back and change whatever you want, but you can't, you can't go change anything. But like, we both thought that was like the end. Like that was, I know. and that wasn't even oh. like close. It was like, if I could have went back, I'd be like, okay, well, like I would have just clicked it over right away into like step okay, one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I I'm dude, a hundred percent. If anyone's listening to this and, and is on a walk on journey or, or even any goal in their life, I think this, this applies to everything. If you have a big goal in your life that you're, you're chasing down, just understand that the second you hit that nothing like, it's only going to get, it's either going to get harder or it's going to just, it's just going to change into something else. And the next thing's probably going to be harder. So it's like, yeah. oh man, when you, when you think you reach the pinnacle, you just find out there's another mountain to climb. Right. You're like so hyped that you made it. And then like, you just get absolutely bodied by everyone. That's like, wow, this is, <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> you just get bodied. Like you just get, yeah, because you don't like, dude, I've never been in that competitive of an environment in my entire life. So to, to feel that level of like, it felt like every day me and you were like, we were like me, you and Nick, we're like fending to stand our ground and be like, we belong on this team. Right. You had like, to like earn your fighting on a daily basis or you just get left behind quick. Yeah. Like you, man, you don't, you can't mess anything up, but Dude, I mean, we have uh, we could go on for hours to talk okay. about. Yeah, we're 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 just at the beginning of our conversation, but maybe I can come back on here at some point. Yes, kind of dude, a hundred percent. We'll we'll. Uh, I mean, we have a bunch of stuff that we could talk. A bunch of different avenues of things we can talk about, but uh, we'll we'll cap it here for the day. Like this, we're at the point where we made the team. You know, people love yeah. those store those type of things, um, and and a lot of people are going through stuff like that where. They're trying to reach that goal. So I think we've imparted some, some decent uh, uh, wisdom on them. But we'll, we'll leave it there. And then um, I wanted to include uh, Jackson, guys. Obviously, is, um, he's savage in the weight room, but he's also a coach. So he does strength and conditioning coaching. So um, if anybody uh, – and Jackson, you guys do online stuff, correct? Yeah. So even if you're not in Ohio, we do online coaching as well. Um, you provided a program. You get weekly Zoom calls. Um, we do, uh, we have our own app where we can track your nutrition and your, oh, nice. your, uh, energy expenditure. If you have an Apple watch or a Fitbit. Um, so we try and do about as whoop? much, uh, it doesn't connect to whoop yet. I don't know why, but it does get on that whoop grind guys. I have a whoop. I, I oh, nice. so, oh, yeah. 
<laughs> but, but it doesn't connect to the loop. But anyway, so we do that. Um, so anybody around the country, around the world, um, you know, we can, we can work with you guys. So. That's awesome. Yeah. I know Nate's doing it right now. Um, yeah, and for it. like, yeah, kind of to talk, I mean, on the brotherhood side of things and like the, the accountability side of things, like if you're not in person, I don't think you can build the brotherhood as much, but you can definitely find ways to hold yourself accountable if you have a coach or if you have a group of like-minded people. So, um, for those of you guys out there, especially younger athletes and stuff, I think, uh, I mean, Jackson, you're partnered with another one of our football teammates, uh, Zach. So Jackson and Zach are like top notch people to work with. Um, Jackson, is there anything else like Instagram? What's your Instagram handle? Uh, Jackson underscore Hayes 44 is mine. And then we have relentless underscore train is our business one. So follow okay. both of those. Um, check out our stuff. Feel free to DM us if you have any questions. Uh, we have a website um, as well. Relentless training online um, is our website and all the information is on there as well. So, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I'll link like your Instagram and, and that stuff below too. So um, appreciate you coming on. Hopefully you can, you can come back and chat with uh, Nick because basically oh, yeah. me, you and Nick, that'd be a really cool chat is the, you know, we were the three people that walked on and we're the only three that made it through the whole thing together. So I think that would be a fun conversation. Um, but yeah, appreciate you coming on and guys, uh, make sure you subscribe, hit the like button, whatever you guys, all, all the positive buttons, hit all those, comment below what you guys want to hear us talk about next. And we will see you in the next episode of Clan Company. Signing off. Adios. Thanks for having me. Peace.